sense His presence in this house. I'm going to jump right into my scripture tonight. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. I come to you. I know me and Pastor come to you on Sundays and Wednesdays, always on assignment, but Pastor, I feel... I feel a burden in my heart with this word tonight. The Bible tells us that the enemy is as a roaring lion. He's roaming, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy would love nothing more, and your flesh would love nothing more than to snuff out the flame that's been started in many of your lives over the past few weeks. And again, I thank God for His presence that we felt on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights. But He's still calling, Sister Mary, He's still calling us. And I know... We say many of the things that I might say tonight and we take them as cliche in the church. But He's calling us even further than we are now. Matthew chapter 22, I'm going to begin in the first verse. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. And again he sent forth other servants saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed and all and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and they went their way, their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, or he was angry. And he sent forth armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, as many as ye shall find, and bid to the marriage." So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came and he see the guests, he saw the man which had not 
on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. Take you back to the second verse of this passage. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. So what Jesus is saying here is this story is an example of the workings of the kingdom of God. How heaven operates. So we can't overlook that this is not just simply a parable, and, and, and a parable we so often think is just stories. He's teaching us principles for our spiritual life and growth. We see that there is a king whose son is to be married. Many of this, you know, it's not hard to, to view this as an end time church and that God is the king and his son is Christ. And he's bidding those to come, and some don't, and some will. We can draw that parallel very easily tonight, but I don't feel that's exactly the direction God wants me to go. We'll reference this, but how many knows that has ever been a part of a wedding or have in any way, shape, or form helping prepare or actually being the one getting married, you send out invites? You send out invitations with your pretty little picture on it and get all this fancy writing and says save the date and, and all this fancy stuff, but it'll leave you a note in there and lately in the modern age, it'll leave you a number or a website that you can go to and RSVP. Reserve your spot. Let them know that you're coming. And we, we do this in our culture as normal to birthday parties, but especially to weddings. But I want to preach on the title of RSVP, and I mean it in are you accepting and letting God know that you're coming to where He is? Are you letting God know that you're going to follow through with what you've committed to? Are you willing to let God know that you're going to continue to fight the spiritual battles even if it gets harder? Are you willing to let God know that you won't stop until revival comes? You won't stop until you're closer to Him. You won't stop until you're one with Him. You won't stop until you know that you know that you know that you're in His will, doing what He's called you to do. Will you accept the invitation? We see that this king, he sends out messengers, he sends out servants 
to call those that were bidden, those that were invited to come. Sends them out the first time and there's no response. The second time he sends out his servants again. And this time he, 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 he does, the king does what church people do. We got food. You come, and after you know all the the shindig and all the hootenanny and all this, we're gonna we're gonna eat. I'm ready for you. And most people, like myself, that would work. That would be enough. But it says these these people did not acknowledge what was being proclaimed, and they just went back to what they were doing. They just simply went back to what they were doing. Verse 5 says that they just made light of it. They didn't take it as any value. It was insignificant to them and they went their ways. And what that word, when you begin to break down their ways in the Greek, it means they simply just went back to what they were doing beforehand, before the announcement. Says some went back to the field, some went back to their merchandise, and and I I I love to word search and and dig into the meanings of these words in their original language, and that that word merchandise doesn't really mean what you think it would. It means traffic. Traffic can simply be defined as vehicle congestion. Busyness, stuffy. But there's also a different definition for traffic, and it's messaging. You can have traffic on your cell phone. You can have traffic on your, 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 your not through only through text, but through a phone call. You can have traffic through the mail, and people can monitor who and what you're talking to. It sends a message. When investigators go in to investigate a homicide or something like that, they'll always check the mail because they want to see what's coming in, what's coming out. They'll check the email. They'll they'll check the phone. They want to see what's coming in and coming out because it can subliminally send a message to those investigators what's going on. And you say, "Where, where are you going with this? Your response to the call that is going forth by the men and women of God in the time and season that we're in will send a message to God. He's the king. He sits on a throne. He's enthroned with glory. He's he's surrounded by majesty and power and holiness and righteousness. He's, He's surrounded by light. He's an awesome God. He's an almighty God. He's an omnipotent, omnipresent God. And He sent men and women of God, servants of God, just like the King. He sent out servants to call. Simply meaning to call aloud. To declare, to proclaim. The King is desiring your presence. 
the king wants you to come into his house. The king has prepared a place for you. The king has a son that that wants to be bound to you. He loves you. He desires your presence. He's called and he's called and he's called. And church, now he's saying, if you but go a little further. How many knows in ancient times the king didn't just live with anybody else? The king didn't just dwell with anybody. He didn't just dwell with peasants. He would have his own place, his own little sanctuary, if you will, his own, his own, comp- his own uh, compound, if you will. And many of us through the last months, have, have, we have went from the highways and the byways feeling so distant to him that now we are in the village just down from his gates, just down from his presence, just down from the substance he has for us. And he's calling and he's saying, you've come this far. I'm bidding you, I'm asking you to come up a little further and to come into my presence because I'm ready for you. I've prepared food and and sustenance for you. I want to give you something. I, I want you to experience something you've never experienced before. But now we find ourselves being busier than we were a few months ago. We find ourselves being distracted. More than we usually were. Hey, when this when this shindig started, this whole COVID thing, everybody shut down for a while and things got quiet and we were able to be alone and self-examine and, and talking to our young people. There, so I, I just began to look at my life and I began to realize that I love things that could just be gone like that. I, I need to, to get right with God. I need to focus back on God, to the things of God, to the call of God. And now they've drawn closer and they've drawn closer to Him. And, and God's saying, I have something for you. Just keep coming. Just keep coming a little further. There's something that you've never experienced before. Just, just keep coming. And now all these distractions are showing up. All these merchandise, all this traffic. I got other things to do. I, I, I can't, I can't. Listen, if you really want revival, it will cost you everything. I've had to walk away from friendships. I've walked away from things in my life and there's still things that I believe God is requiring out of my life. But I'm willing to do it because we must have revival. Revival is not a planned series of events, but revival is refreshing and a renewing that totally transforms your life and your spirit and your thinking. And guess what? Revival has no clock. Revival has no schedule. 
God saying it just a little further. I'm calling you up a little higher. I'm calling you out a little deeper. Jesus, the, the groom, he's saying, listen, I, I just want to be one with you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want, to, I, want, I want to be intimate with you. I want to know what nobody else knows. I want you to pour out your heart to me so I can pour into you. And there's a call that's been going forth for months from the men and women of God, the preachers and the teachers, the prophets, the evangelists, the intercessors. There's been a call going forth. He just wants you to RSVP just to let him know you'll go a little further. You'll fight a little harder. You'll dig a little deeper. He's calling. He's calling. But the current climate in the American church, I've noticed in the last few weeks there's been a shifting, there's been a change. I can just feel it in my spirit in prayer and talking to God. There's been a change and He began to speak to me and began to open up this, this portion of Scripture to me. He's saying, just as a king, I'm calling. Nobody's responding. The traffic is sending a message. God, we just don't have time. God, I'm just tired. God, I'm, I'm busy. I love you. I, I, I love you. But I just need rest. church everything that we're fighting and dealing with if we will just press on a little further he said I'm prepared for you I'm ready for you I've already have the table laid out for you I have the strength you need I have the hope that you need. I have the joy that you need. I have the spirit that you need. I have the fight that you need. If you'll just press on a little further and heed the call. The American church are changing. It's getting busy. It's getting, it's getting trying. Things are opening back up. But as the Lord spoke to me a few months ago, I'm going to relay it to you again. He says, my church, he spoke this to me in this house, praying early in the morning. He says, my church needs to be careful what they open themselves up to. As this nation reopens in the physical, the church needs to be weary and diligent of what they're opening themselves up to spiritually. You say, I'm sick of hearing about the American church. I'm sick of hearing about what's going on. I, I'm tired of hearing it preached. Some of you may feel that way. 
I want you to know that there's times I'm tired of preaching it. But we must preach what the Lord gives us. And if the Lord continues to give me messages and give pastor and ministers across this nation messages to wake up, I'll still preach it because what that's telling me is that we're still not awake. We still have not realized what fully is going on. We still have not responded to the call of God. Church, as we sang that song, Lord, make me a house of prayer that has to ring truer than ever before. A dab will not do you. A dollop will not do you. We have to be immersed into the Spirit, into the things of God. Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church. He says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to to one husband, talking about Christ, that I may present you as a chastity or a chastity virgin or a pure virgin to Christ. But listen what he says in verse 3 of, of 2 Corinthians 11, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your mind should not be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He says, but I fear that you're being beguiled, that you're being deceived, that you're believing a lie, that you're believing false doctrine, that you're not realizing what time you're in. He says, I fear that just as the serpent so subtle and and so easily crept in and caused Eve to, to eat of the fruit is the same thing that's happening to the Corinthian church. That's what he's writing about. It is the same thing that's happening to the American church. We've had a few great months. Everybody was excited to be back. But now the attacks ramped up. The closer you get to God, the enemy will fight and fight with everything that's within him. But you have to understand that greater is he that is in you. We quote it all the time, but someone needs to be persuaded about it and believe that it's true in their life. That greater is he that is in me than anything that the devil or this world can throw at me. I want revival. I want to see people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to see people saved and transformed by the power of the cross. I want to see those healings that we've preached about for months and months, but we cannot stop at the village when the king and his hall and his palace is just a little further. We cannot go back to the traffic. We can't go back to the the things that we used to do, there is no more normal for the church. We can't afford normal. Normal will cost the church too much. Listen to the men and women of God in your life. And I'm not just saying that because I'm up here preaching. But because the men and women of God have risen up in, risen up in this hour like never before and they have proclaimed absolute truth. 
But yet, it seems the call has went unanswered. America isn't listening to the servants of the King, servants of God, just like in our text this evening. The problem with myself, I preach to myself, sometimes I always think the message is for someone else. That ain't for me. Oh, so-and-so, you know. We do it. I know we smirk and we laugh about it, but we do it. I saw what they posted. That's for them. No. Your job ain't to take care of them. Your job is to help and pray for them. But so often we think them, oh, well, you know, that's not about us. That's not about me. That's not about our church. It's not us. It's not me. I've done, I'm guilty. That's not me, no. Oh, I already have a deep walk with God. Who am I kidding? I need more. The church needs more. This church needs more. The church across America needs more. The church across the globe needs more. This is a never-ending flow. This is a never-ending journey until you're standing before His throne. King is calling. No one's responding. You think, oh, well, that's just for someone else. I'm good. To think you're good means you think, I've reached it. I'm at the pinnacle. I'm at the plateau, if you will. I've arrived. None of us have. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear my heart. I want something deeper. I want something that I've never had before. I don't want to preach about healing. I want to see it happen. I don't want to just talk about baptizing those. I want to see it happen. And we are in the next few weeks, but I want to see it happen again. I want to see it happen again. I want to go further. I want more. I'm sick of just the goosebump services. Those fade off, those wear out. I want to be immersed in the river of the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized as John said that Jesus would do. He said, listen, there's one coming after me that'll baptize you not not only in the Holy Ghost, but with fire, with passion, with something that will consume you, with something that will transform your thinking, with something that will just change everything about your life. That's what I want. I want to be in His presence. But I I don't only just want to be in His presence, but I want to see His power. I want to see His glory. Why? Why His glory? Why His power? Because things begin to happen. We've been going from service to service trying to 
feel the presence of God and that's not a bad thing to want to accomplish but God's saying I'm wanting to use my presence not only to build you up but to send you out what good does the presence of God do to our lives if we simply feel him here on a Sunday but we don't feel him at any point during Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday and we got to get filled up again on Sunday. What good is the presence of God if we can't take it with us? There's more. There's a king that's calling us to come higher. As the servants of God, and, and I may be boring you tonight, and I'm sorry. I, I feel burdened. But as the servants would declare in those days, may I please have your attention, may I have your attention tonight and tell you and declare to you that if we want the services that we've had in the weeks past to continue and to go further, we must go to where the king is at. We must go to the supper, to the dinner that he has prepared for us. We must go and become one with his son and become the glorious bride that he is seeking after. We have to fight, we have to press, we have to strive. more than anything right now and pastor was talking about this early he had no idea that I was going to speak about this but we have to travail so what does that mean that's anguish that's a burden Nehemiah never built any wall until he got a burden he never went before the king until he got a burden and he said I have to do something the burden will drive you to do something. We have to draw near unto God because we need Him to draw near unto us. James 4 and 8 says, Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. He goes on to say in verse 9, Be afflicted. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. He's saying, let me place a burden on your life. Jesus wants, to draw, wants us to draw closer to him. And he wants to, he, so to speak, as my grandmother would say, he wants you to wash up before supper. James said, clean your hands, purify your heart. The psalmist says in Psalms 24 and 4, he that have clean hands and a pure heart. Church, God wants us to become one with him. He's desiring us to allow his word and his spirit to cleanse us. He's desiring to show us his glory. 
The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 through 27, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word. But in the verse, that's verse 26, but in the verse previous, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And he gave himself for it, that, we might, that he might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of the word, by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it, thou shalt, but it should be holy without blemish he wants to purify us he wants to cleanse us and you'll notice in your spiritual walk with the Lord as you journey towards him you'll find your desires will change your heart will change you'll become clean and pure before him by the washing of his word washing by his blood the cleansing power of his spirit but it all hinges on the draw draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you but he didn't just stop with clean hands he didn't just stop with a pure heart he said ye double minded we cannot stay in the toils of this world and keep our heart and our mind there and expect our heart and our mind to also be with Christ. We're to be in the world, but not of it. We are to operate and function in the world, but we're not to have a carnal or worldly mindset. You double-minded, we cannot, it is impossible in my flesh, Sister Mary, to be here and to be at my house at the same time. It is impossible. And it is impossible for your spirit to be torn between the things of God and the things of this world. Jesus said in teaching in the Gospels, He said, listen, you cannot have two masters. No man can serve God and mammon. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, Wherefore come out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and do not touch the unclean thing. I will receive you. I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. We can't go back. We can't afford to send God the wrong RSVP, the wrong message. We can't afford to deny His invitation to come a little deeper. I know it's quiet here tonight. But I want to encourage you as we close. Because as the king announced to the people that he invited, I'm ready for you. I'm prepared.
to bless you. He's calling us into His presence. He's calling us into a realm that we've never known, a deeper relationship, a prayer life that we've never known, a, a, a reading life where, where not only we read just to read, but where the pages just seem to pop up and the words just seem to pop up off the page and He's speaking to you through His Word in a way that you've never imagined. But you have to accept the invitation. You must accept the invitation. The king is requesting your presence. He wants you to come closer. He wants to bind you to his son. He wants to deposit some things in your spiritual life. But there was a people that said, I've got too much going on. I can't make it to the wedding. I can't make it to the feast. I can't make it to where the king is or to where his son is. I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Some of you may not like this preaching. I, I'm sorry. I, the, the, the people in the village didn't really care for what the servants had to say either. It's all right. I know you love me. I want you to hear me. There's an invitation being given every day to your life. Will you pray? Will you seek me? Will you spend time with me? Will you read my word? Will you draw closer to me because I want to draw closer to you? Will, will you come to me? Will you travail? Will you come to me with open hands and an open heart and a clean hands and a pure heart and say, God, we have to have you. We have to have revival. We have to have transformation. Are you, are you accepting the invitation that he's giving every day to jump into his presence in a way that you've never felt before? It's not something that you just feel on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, but it has to be. It has to be something. We live in Monday through Friday, on Saturday, at the job, at the school. No matter where we are, we have to live in this. We have to break through these distractions. We have to deny our flesh. We have to combat the enemy. And we have to send the right message. To God to say, hey, I'm still fighting. They'll come to the music tonight.
Christ. You cannot. be today. There came a time of transition for the children of Israel under Joshua's rule. Idolatry plagued the people and he stood up in the congregation and he said, choose you this day who you will serve. Choose. One choice. Not two house divided against itself cannot stand what will it be today 
What will the RSVP say? What message will you send? Well, God, I want to do this and I want to do that and I have all these plans. Have you ever asked Him what His plans were? What will it be? say when I'm tired he said I'll give you rest I don't know if I can find another day the psalmist said Lord teach my fingers to war and my hands to fight what will the message say we can't go back as sister crystal was saying we cannot go back If you'll stand across this house. What started this message is a thought in prayer. And this is what I wrote down is simply where is my church? the Lord seemed as if the Lord was posing it to me where is my church where the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 37 that those dry bones were at one time something great unrivaled But it took a man of God to be led of God to answer and respond to the call of God on his life to go into a valley listen when you follow God sometimes he'll take you to the bleakest of places you say what? and he asked Ezekiel son of man can these bones live? He said, only you know, Lord. And if I could paraphrase what the Lord spoke back to him as he said, open your mouth. No bone would have ever came together. No flesh would have ever come upon that bone. And no wind would have ever entered into that flesh. If it wasn't for a man of God responding to the call of God speaking for God. Will we come closer? Will we draw near? Will we go into what He has prepared for us? Or will we go back way things were at the end of this scripture and I could I could preach every little verse every little detail but the last verse we read here verse 14 he says for many are called few are chosen
But I want to I declare the word of God over you tonight, church. I'm not saying it's prophecy. I'm not saying this or this is how I feel about you. And I'm just going to going to read this verse as we close. He said, for many are called, but few are chosen. But Peter said this, but you are a chosen generation. Many are called, but few are chosen. But ye are a chosen generation. You are the chosen people of God. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. It's time to show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness, who called you to a marriage supper, who called you into His very presence, called you out of the muck and the mire, and has brought you into this marvelous light. What message will we send? What message will we send with our worship? What message will we send with our prayer life? What message will we send with our word and reading life? What message will we send with our praise? What message will we send when no one else is around? God requires integrity of us. What message will we send? God wants to do something great. He wants to do something marvelous and powerful in your life. Many are called, but few are chosen. But ye are chosen generation. Why were you born now? Because He ordained it to be. Why are you saved right now? It's because He has a plan and a purpose for your life to lead others. Those who didn't respond were cut off. God said, I'll go somewhere else to find my church, to find my people. Cameron, I don't want him to have to look hard for me. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. Dear Lord, we come to you this evening. And Lord, we want to send a message. We want to write a response to your invitation that's been given. We want to say, do not pass us by. We're responding to the call of the servants of God. We want to come up higher. We want to to come where you are. We want to draw nigh unto you so you'll draw nigh unto us. Father, we want to come to you with pure hands, a pure heart. We don't want to be double-minded, but Lord, we want to have our, our focus fixed on you. 
Lord, whatever you require of us, we want to do it. Regardless of what the situation is in my finances, in my marriage, in my relationships, in my work, in my school, whatever's going on in my life, regardless of what's going on around me, I know that I am in this world, but I'm not of it. That I'm going to press towards the mark of the high call of Jesus Christ. That I will not have a spirit of fear, but I will have a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Lord, I want my worship to send a message to you of gratitude. I want my prayer life, my reading life to send a message of hunger and of thirst. God, I want my life to reflect your image, to reflect your light, to reflect your power. Lord, I want to see the things that you've promised in your word, that by your stripes we are healed, that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to see it. I want to see people endued with power from on high. Operating under the anointing of your Holy Ghost. Baptize us with your Holy Ghost and fire. And Lord, let us never forget. Your word says that many are called, but few are chosen that your word also says that we are a chosen generation that we are a royal priesthood that we are a holy nation that we are a peculiar people I love you Lord I praise your holy name we give you all the thanks and all the honor let us live this out your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you tonight. Come back, be with us Sunday morning. Be in prayer. Um, there's many decisions that have to be made going into the following weeks. Be praying for the church staff. Be praying for the church as a whole and be praying for the service Sunday. I want God to do more. He's the God of exceedingly, and He's still the God of abundantly. And I want Him to do more. We love you. Have a good evening. We'll see you Sunday morning, 1030. Take care and have a good week.